0: Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramis, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. Now, we're kind of coming off a little recording break for the two of us. You have heard over the last eight weeks from Pastor Eric Dalma, And his messages on the tale of two cities, the world builds Babylon. So we hope you enjoyed those and we're glad to be back recording. If you've been listening for the last few months, you've heard us mention that we are going to do a series on prayer. And we are going to do a series on prayer. But as we have studied and talked about this, we've realized there are a few foundational issues that we really think you need to understand before we tackle that particular series. So you heard our series on Providence a couple months ago. We are actually going to start a series now on the priesthood of every believer. That is one of those issues that if we don't have right, we really aren't going to understand prayer either. So we are gonna spend, I would guess probably six or eight episodes Uh, talking about the priesthood of every believer. And then we will be back with a series on prayer. And we're going to talk about some false teachings. We have the Priscilla Shearer book. We have a book by Dutch Sheets. And I think that will be a really good series. So the priesthood of every believer, if you want to read an article on that, we do have one at cicministry.org. The issue number is 133, The Priesthood of Every Believer, How Luther Recovered Biblical Priesthood. So this is a really, really important topic. Let's start with defining the priesthood of every believer.
1: Yeah, the reason this was so important at the time of the Reformation was that Roman Catholicism that Luther addressed and... Started what we call the Reformation, had a series of hier- or excuse me, a hierarchical system that mediated between God and man. Okay. Not unlike what most of the pagan religions have. And the priests determined whether your sins are forgiven, and you had to go through this whole system. So when I wrote this article, I do have in my logo system the complete works of Luther, so I was able to look up what some of these disputes were about, what was written, how they discussed it. And the verse that we have at the beginning of this article tells us what we need to know about the priesthood that God established.
0: All right, and that is 1 Peter 2.5. You yes. also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah, and it actually, if you read ahead to 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you, out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are a royal priesthood.
1: That's exactly right. and That is revolutionary, at least in his day, because religions like to have some class of people that are better or more spiritual or have better access to God than ordinary believers do. Right. And so... In that case, there's no way to correct error. There's no way for people to say, wait a second, do we have to do this? Is this what God said? Now, God ordains who it is that mediates his covenant. Right. And so if indeed the Roman Catholic system was ordained by God to mediate the new covenant, then anyone who disagreed would be like the... Wilderness wanderers rebelling against Moses. Okay. But we don't, we know that's not true. Because in the New Covenant and in the Gospels, you see very clearly that Jesus Christ is the one who Moses predicted who came and spoke for God. Yes. And so in Deuteronomy 18, 15, you have Moses predicting a prophet that would come and speak and that we should listen to him. And that's very clear, and we've written about that and spoken about that, and it's very important. Well, now, in Luther's day, here we had the councils and the creeds and the hierarchy, and ultimately the system got bigger and bigger, and the Roman Catholic hierarchy, the pope, the councils, so on, they claimed the right to speak authoritatively for god and anyone who wouldn't listen to them could be anathematized which is exactly what they did
0: right and it really very much recreated a system that that hebrews the book of hebrews tells us never was sufficient we don't need a, a new priesthood and a new class of priests that we need to go through to access God. We have Jesus, we have our great high priest, and we can go directly to him.
1: That's the point of writing about this when we publish this article. Is that we have access to God? It's claimed very clearly in the book of Hebrews that we have one high priest, Jesus Christ, who ascended into heaven, having made Sacrifice for sins once for all, his blood was shed once for all, and believers are cleansed from sin based on what Christ did, not some ongoing process that never really brings forgiveness of sins. Amen. And so many people have grown up in the Roman Catholic version of Christendom around the world or in America here, and when they believe the gospel, they wonder, well, what are we supposed to do? What's right about this? And many people that I know who came to Christ out of Roman Catholicism have found that understanding the book of Hebrews really helps clarify what God has done and how any believer has access to the throne of grace directly without going through any mediator but the one high priest, Jesus Christ.
0: That is right. And listeners, if you haven't heard it, we have a series of, I think, over 50 messages going verse by verse through the book of Hebrews that you can find under our radio archives. It is probably one of my favorite um, series that you did with someone else at the time, but it is so thorough and it is really important that we understand Hebrews.
1: Yes, it was absolutely essential. And because of the propensity of pagans, what's a pagan? Anyone who doesn't have special revelation, which is his scripture alone. Right. In fact, Let me quote a little bit at the beginning of this article, issue 133, fall 2016. Paganism is the default religion of the human race. Without true biblical teaching, We think like pagans.
0: That's And that's exactly it. We either know and worship the the creator, the one true God, or we naturally worship the creation and set up our own false system. And that is paganism.
1: Yeah, paganism is the default position for those that don't know anything that God said bindingly, authoritatively, inerrantly, as we... I've explained many times about the Bible.
0: Yes, and I think American Christians tend to think of paganism as some tribe in the jungles in Africa, and in all of their spiritual rituals and different things. While that is paganism, it's not the only paganism.
1: Well, what we see, and we've done a lot of critical issues articles and podcasts and so on on this, is that. The nature, people know that they're not totally perfected. Even Christians realize there's issues, we need help, things aren't exactly right, the world has fallen. And so false religions, whether they're cults that claim to be Christian but are not, Mm -hmm. or some, some of the things we've written about, like the emergent church, we're going to all evolve into somehow deity. There's a vacuum. If we don't know our sins are forgiven, we don't know we have access to God, we don't know what he has said, somebody will fill the void.
0: Exactly.
1: And so the false apostles and prophets, That I've been reading about that lately. Again, we've written about it they want to fill a void. They want to say, no, we speak for God. You should listen to us.
0: Yes. And that's why this topic, the priesthood of every believer, is so foundational and so important.
1: Right. And so as we've been doing this research about prayer, I ran into this. And if we don't realize that God hears us because we are part of this priesthood, Then somebody else will step in and say, well, you're not doing it right. Listen to me. I'll give you the secret or we'll be the ones that mediate between you and God.
0: That's right. Now let's talk a little bit about what the specific issue that Luther was dealing with, because I think it really helps us see why this is relevant today.
1: Well, one of the things that happened, and I let me just quote a little bit from this article. In Luther's day... The abuse came from the Pope and the hierarchy of the authorities under him. In that context, some Christians wrote from Bohemia to Luther to ask what to do. Well, if we're not going to be under Rome, how are we going to have anything? How are we going to have church? What do we do? And so what Luther did, I believe accurately, is he identified seven functions of priests that Rome had claimed for its own priesthood. And I wrote this article that explains the nature of the church, the nature of the priesthood of every believer. And as you go through the scriptures, you find out you don't need any earthly priesthood because we have direct access to God and we need to go to God on his terms, not on the terms Of man-made religion,
0: right? Now, and I want to just qualify that a bit. We aren't saying that there's no need for pastors and elders who teach the Word of God that are, you know, in charge of our local churches. We're talking about something different here.
1: What God has ordained for the church is the Scripture, Mm -hmm. priesthood of every believer local fellowships, binding and loosing based on Scripture alone, elders, deacons, and so forth, but not this hierarchy. And there's no one. There's no one who can say, I know what God said and what this passage means, and you can't ask me any questions. You can't challenge me. You can't even discuss it. I spoke. You listen. You obey. And if you don't, God's going to come and get you.
0: Right. That's the issue that Luther was dealing with. In your article, you mention a specific church that had written to Luther because of an issue with the Catholic Church. What was going on there?
1: Yes, this was from Bohemia. Let's just cite that. In Luther's day, the abuse came from the Pope and the hierarchy of the authorities under him. In that context, some Christians from Bohemia, wrote to Luther to ask what to do. The Pope was making them send people to Rome at their own expense and pay tribute to have authorized priests to head churches. Oh, wow. And so his answer was the biblical doctrine of the priesthood of every believer. And Luther claimed that Rome, the Roman Catholic priesthood was illegitimate and comprised of the unregenerate. <laughs> Luther didn't sugarcoat things. No, he did not. And actually, it's fun. He is literally fun to read. Yeah. And it, It's just a riot, the way he didn't hold anything back. And so in order to comfort them, can you imagine that for centuries, they had, before the Reformation, It was this hundred-year war. Who's, there were all these intrigues, yeah, and abuses. This doesn't mean no one had faith in God, but they wanted to know, how could we be safe? How could we understand it? How can we know that God hears us? How do we know our sins are forgiven? And they didn't have a system to do that because of the abuses. Okay. So, the priesthood of every believer isn't just for people In that day, hundreds of years ago, it's true today. And dear ones, if you believe in Christ, and uh, Hebrews four sixteen says that we have access to the throne of grace to find mercy and help, and that we need timely help, someone will step in and say, "Well, you're not doing it right. You don't know how to pray. You don't listen to the right prophets," and Ultimately, they recreate some other abusive system. Exactly. And so that's why we're doing this as we're preparing to teach about prayer. We've been reading books that are very popular in prayer, and they do the same thing.
0: Right. We need their methods so that we can be victorious Christians.
1: Well, it's easy to pr- portray yourself as some great person of God who's hearing from God, and tell miracle stories. Look at what God did through me, and look what I heard, and look what happened. And so we'll get to that. We've been reading that, and it's utterly abusive, utterly because it denies that every believer has access to the throne of grace, that God in his love and his mercy hears us, that God in his omniscience can hear the prayers of all the saints around the world praying. No human could do that. That Jesus Christ, who proved his his priesthood by his own claims, his blood was shed once for all. He predicted that. He rose from the dead. He ascended to heaven. Psalm 110 and verse 1 says he sits at the right hand of the throne of the majesty on high. Hebrews 4.16 says he hears us. And so, if we can't even get that right, if we can't believe that, then somebody will step in. Yep. And they'll say, well, you don't know how to pray properly. Even the Lord's Prayer is abused. Right. We we
0: did an episode on that, oh, last summer, I think. And it was hugely popular, and it it just really shows how people have distorted something as basic as the Lord's Prayer.
1: That's true. And how can this happen? Well, the more honest we are, we realize that we're not perfected. We're not glorified. And everyone has troubles of some sort or another because we live in a fallen world. And it's easy to say, well, if you had a better way of doing this then you get better results.
0: Yes, and it just doesn't work that way. And that's why we need these promises. We need to know that, as it says in Scripture, Jesus ever lives to intercede for us. If yeah. we have our Savior interceding for us, we don't need somebody's book on how to have a victorious prayer life.
1: Well, I see these books that say the secret of effective prayer. right. So immediately, even from the title, this is not biblical because the secret things belong to God. What's revealed is for us. So what has God revealed? Well, you need to learn the secret by digging around and finding fanciful ways to understand things. So whether it's the abuse in Luther's day or the abuse of the New Apostolic Reformation and their super. Apostles that claim to speak for God, or the, there's always someone saying, I have some power and status and victory that you don't have, and you'll never hope to have unless you join us and let us tell you what to do. Or you can believe the word of God, you can understand what God has said, and we can gather whatever size group and together open the scriptures. And the Holy Spirit has inspired the scriptures, and believing what God said accurately is more powerful than any great man of God who has all the secrets.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: And so uh, the abuse is endless, and every time there's a lot of difficulties in the world, the abuse gets worse. I'm seeing that now. Some of us have been around. I've been a Christian for 50 years. And whenever things get really shaky in the world, the abusers rise to the surface and start pounding on the flock.
0: So how does understanding the priesthood of every believer help prevent and restrict some of that?
1: Because we need to believe the promises of God. And when we go to him, Hebrews 4.16, just that. In the bigger context, that Jesus already died for sins once for all. His blood already was shed once for all. You don't need more sacrifices. You don't need some sacrificial system. You don't need new apostles and prophets. The biblical ones are the foundation of the church. Jesus Christ, the cornerstone. His apostles and prophets are the, comprise the whole foundation, Christ and his apostles. And those that deny that will always step up and say, oh, see all these problems? You need us. We know something you don't know.
0: Exactly. And it happens over and over again. And it always ends up abusing the flock.
1: Right. So what we want to do is bring back these truths that are biblical. And this can be judged. The other thing Luther said was we need the scriptures to be translated in the common vernacular.
0: Yes. And And that people were being martyred over that in his day.
1: Right. Well, another topic, but someone will come along and say, well, your Bible's not good enough. You need to use something you can't really understand. Right. There's many fallacies. We'll get into that. This book I just finished reading uses fallacies that should be evident, but people don't get. Well, you didn't get it right. It really means this. That's what we need to open the scriptures and, and look at and understand. So the, biblical, the truth of the Bible needs to be brought back to the forefront of our preaching and teaching.
0: Yes. Okay?
1: So equipping the saints for the work of the ministry means giving people the tools so that they can understand they can realize the author's intent is the meaning, not, how, not the reader. And we can help each other understand better. If someone has a reading that's clear, that helps us see what the author meant, we can all learn and grow. Yes, and That's what 1 Corinthians 14 is about. And we have an article about that, too, called The Prophetic Calling of Every Believer. And the better educated we are in understanding the Bible, not what somebody said about the Bible, but we can learn, we can grow. Yes. In that absence, the Bohemians that asked this question, they didn't know what to do because if Rome didn't give them priests and they were out in the dark.
0: Right. And you you say in your article that a concomitant teaching of scripture alone is the priesthood of every believer. If we have the scriptures, we can read them, we can know what they mean, and we should naturally come to the conclusion that we are a holy priesthood, that we can know and understand God's word. We can approach him in prayer. We can build one another up and edify each other without building a complex system where only certain people, you know, you have to go pay tribute to have a priest to come back and and run your church. That, that's we can't find that in scripture.
1: I've met people over the years who came to the Lord because they they wanted to be married. Sometimes in the context of World War II, they couldn't get to the right diocese somewhere or. Archbishop, and well, I, I need to just go to God because I can't get what I need from Rome. They're too far away. Yeah. And very similar to this, it still happens. I wouldn't believe anybody who claims that they have access to God and you can't get there without going through them. Right. Whatever that is, if they, if they didn't die for your sins and they didn't rise from the dead and ascend to heaven, before witnesses, and they, they are not people appointed by Christ himself, Paul being the last, according to 1 Corinthians 15, they can't help you. But if someone knows the truth of the gospel, and they understand what's taught here, and how you can know the truth, you can know your sins are forgiven, you can go to the throne of grace and find help, and God's not going to say, well, did you go through Joseph Smith or did you go through the archbishop or did you do this or did you do that? He hears us.
0: Amen. Amen. And
1: it's not right to say, well, I'm holy. I, I hear from God. I have more miracle stories than you do. So that makes me special. It's not right. And the book of Hebrews would really h- help us the first thing we've got to lay is a solid foundation. Christ is the one high priest.
0: That's right, and we will come back next week, and that will be our topic. Let's give our listeners though a little preview. We keep mentioning these these functions of the priesthood. What are the seven functions of the priesthood that apply to all believers? Okay,
1: I happen to have them. I did this on a the other day, just sort of an overview, but the first one is the ministry of the word. Okay. The ministry of the word. Anyone who understands the truth of the word of God can teach the word of God to their family, to one another, they gather in groups. And so the ministry of the word is the first one. Okay. The second one was to baptize. By the way, since we are going over this, there's many things that Luther ultimately taught that I don't agree with. Yes. But if we believe what he taught about the authority of scripture, and the priesthood of every believer, we can discuss and debate whether his doctrine of baptism was correct or not. That's right. So we're not saying Luther had it right, just join him and do whatever Luther said, because now you have a new pope.
0: Right. We're saying do what, what Luther said in regards to the priesthood of every believer and judge, the doctrine that Luther taught.
1: Right. Well, there were people that were concerned. Well, maybe I was baptized by the wrong person, and now my sins are not forgiven. That's addressed in First Corinthians. I preached on that recently. So that's number two. Okay. Administer communion. All right. Lord's supper. Does somebody uh, control that? Luther claimed. That even Roman did, well, if it gets in a certain way, maybe you could have an exception. But frankly, they wanted to say, we're re-sacrificing Christ, and only certain people can do it. Right. So that was the third one. The fourth one, to bind and to loose. That's very important.
0: It is. And it's a topic that we address a lot, but it's because people misunderstand it a lot.
1: Binding and loosing isn't about controlling the spirits and the heavenlies. It's about declaring what's forbidden and permitted according to the teachings of Christ and his apostles. Yes. And so that's another function that priests do. Binding saying you cannot do this, you, or you must do this, or you're a sinner if you don't. Loosing is you have liberty in the matter. We'll okay. cover that. Up. Number five to offer sacrifice.
0: All right, I'm sure that we're gonna have a good discussion on that because I can already see the questions popping into uh, people's heads and probably filling our inbox.
1: Well, we'll find out that frankly, it'll be really interesting to cover what the issues were but we can offer up the sacrifice of praise. Does it say that?
0: It sure does.
1: So let's go forward. And cover the other, or just give a highlight of this. Okay. Number six, to pray for others. Yes. So do you need to go find some holy person that says, unless I pray for you, it probably won't do any good?
0: Nope. We can
1: go directly to the throne of grace. And we can pray for one another under Christ as Christians.
0: And it's a blessing to do so.
1: Yes. And number seven, to judge doctrines. Okay. And this, you'll find, is very good follow-up to the article we published on creedalism. Okay. And the reason it's important is that many Protestant groups have said, well, we've determined what the true doctrines are and which ones are important. And we've already figured it out. So you just submit to that. Well, now we're back not able to judge doctrines.
0: Exactly.
1: So we can't have that.
0: All right, we are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. You can access this episode and many others as well as years worth of articles at the website, cicministry.org. While you're there, click on contact and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We want to encourage you all to stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramus.
1: And Bob DeWayne.
0: We'll see you next week.